Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Jorginho. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Match Day Audio Program. Arsenal versus Burnley, Saturday, November 11th, 2023. Kickoff, 3 p.m. The contents. Captain's notes around Arsenal. Player feature Kai Havertz. My fab shirt. Community voice. Foundation voice. Sustainability. Academy young gun James Hilson. Around the academy. Women, visitors, match action, Newcastle United versus Arsenal, and teams. Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. We play our last game before the international break today and we've seen already this season the benefit of being able to go into that period on the back of a good win. That's our aim today, of course, and we know we'll have to be right on our game to get the win. I saw a lot of Burnley last season in the Championship, and they were really impressive all season. It's true that they found it more difficult in the Premier League, but we know they have quality players and a good manager, and every single team in this league will cause problems if we drop our level even slightly. We spoke about that before facing Sheffield United too. But I think this is a bit of a different challenge, because Burnley like to play in a different way to them, and we have to be ready for their style too. We have to be on it, attacking the same way we did the Sheffield United game. Be ready for them, and 100% focused. They've got a midfielder I know very well from the national team, Sander Berg. I've known him a long time now. In fact, We played together in the under-15s for Norway, so he's a close friend. I've known him for about 10 years, so it'll be interesting to be against him on the pitch. When you know somebody well like that, I'm not sure it makes much difference on the pitch. The analysis is so good now that our coaches always have us prepared as if we know all of our opponents anyway. It will be nice to see him again though, and hopefully I'm the one heading to the internationals with the bigger smile. Now we want to get that momentum again. It was great for us to get the win on Wednesday against Sevilla. I know the boys were determined to put last Saturday's result behind us, and we did that in a really dominant way. I thought we looked so dangerous going forward, and at the back we gave them absolutely nothing again. That's the aim again this afternoon, of course, 
If we can get the win before we have two weeks without a club game, it can be crucial. It's important that we all go away with a good feeling, and we can only do that by getting that win today. It's been really frustrating for me to miss the last couple of games, and also that last league game here, the 5-0 win over Sheffield United. Bukayo took the armband for that game, the first time he's been Arsenal captain, I think, and we can all see that he's adding leadership to his long list of qualities. I've seen it for a while, to be honest. I'm not surprised he's developing like this. I'm really happy for him, because he deserves it. I think he's a bit like me in that he's not the one who shouts the most, or the loudest one in the dressing room. But he's so intelligent. He's always available. He gives everything for the team. And he's taking more and more responsibility on and off the pitch. He really deserves to be there as one of the captains. I'm proud of him, and happy to have him as a teammate, because he's a great player and also a great person. What's good about this group is the number of leaders we have. Jorginho has been captain for the last couple of games too, and he's got so much experience and respect among the team. That's nothing new to him. And it's so good for the manager that he has these leaders to call upon in the squad. Last month there was some good news for us at the Ballon d'Or Awards too. I was proud to be among those players nominated, and it was good to see Bukayo Saka high up the voting too. Aaron Ramsdale was in the top 10 for keepers, so it shows that people recognised our form last season as a team. Personally, it was nice to be there in the voting and be recognised as one of the best in the world. It's a big honour. Now it gives me extra motivation to improve and to fight to get higher up the list next time. Finally, I want to thank you all again for your brilliant support and for how much of a difference you're making here at Emirates Stadium. We feel the love and support whenever we're here and it gives us so much confidence. We know we can depend upon you all again today. Around Arsenal. Lest we forget. Arsenal Football Club is involved in many remembrance-related activities today and tomorrow. At today's match, Reading the Ode of Remembrance will be Karen Smart. Karen has been our Chief Operations Officer for the past 15 months. Before joining Arsenal, Karen's early career was in the Royal Air Force. She served for 23 years, initially as an aircraft weapons technician, and following selection and completion of officer training, she received the Queen's Commission and retrained as an air traffic controller. Having served in numerous locations, both at home and overseas, Karen retired as a squadron leader in 2006. Karen's husband Mike is also a retired RAF officer, and her eldest son Matthew is currently a serving army officer in the Yorkshire Regiment. Members of the armed forces today will place a wreath on the centre spot, and the last post will be played by the trumpet major in attendance. The Armed Forces members attending today as guests of the club are as follows. Petty Officer, Physical Trainer Liam Saunders, representing the Royal Navy. Wing Commander Sharon Evely Hall, representing the Royal Air Force. Trooper Darren Wells from the Household Cavalry, representing the Army. And playing the last post will be Trumpet Major Sergeant Adam Desborough, representing the Royal Horse Artillery. We also welcome David Orwin this afternoon, who is representing Burnley. 
David served in the Royal Air Force and is the captain of Burnley Military Veterans FC and a Burnley season ticket holder. On Thursday night, wreaths were laid at Meadow Park prior to Arsenal women's match with Bristol City. The last post was also played, during which a period of silence was observed. Both teams also had the poppy motif stitched into their match shirts. The under-18s fixture against Norwich City at the Arsenal Training Centre this morning also featured a period of silence, during which the players and coaching staff reflected on the ultimate sacrifice made by so many so we can live in freedom today. We are proud to once again join football clubs across the country to show our support for the Royal British Legion's Poppy Appeal. To demonstrate our commitment to the charity, we included a poppy in the design of the shirts for our match against Newcastle and today's fixture against Burnley, as well as the women's games against Man City, Bristol City and Sunday's game at Leicester. The poppy adorned shirts from the two men's matches and the women's match against Man City will be made available to fans through exclusive digital auctions at matchwornshirt.com forward slash poppy, with the proceeds raised being donated to the Royal British Legion's Poppy Appeal. Adding to the value of these shirts, each one will be individually signed by the respective player who wore it, making it a unique piece of sporting history. As well as having the chance to bid on match-worn and signed shirts, fans will be able to enter an online draw and win a shirt that has been signed by the squad. Match Worn Shirts 2022 Poppy Appeal campaign was a spectacular success, raising more than £900,000 for the Royal British Legion. Every donation to the RBL's Poppy Appeal raises vital funds to support the armed forces community all year round and ensures their unique contribution is never forgotten. Vardre's Challenge we recently received a note from Jamie Mutilu, who is the fundraising support officer at Worthing-based charity Care for Veterans. Can you make our 90-year-old REME veteran and resident Vardre Holland a very happy man by recognising a challenge he is undertaking? He is a massive fan of Arsenal and has been since the age of 10. Vardre came to live at Care for Veterans eight years ago after surviving a stroke which caused weakness, stiffness and a lack of control in the left half of his body. He signed up to complete a Remembrance Day challenge on Thursday, November 9th in memory of fallen soldiers and to raise money for our charity. He's chosen to complete 11 football kicks whilst standing which, as a stroke survivor and wheelchair user, will be a massive challenge for him. By attending physiotherapy, Vardre has been able to regain enough strength to make achieving this challenging personal goal possible. Vardre told us, I am determined to complete this challenge in memory of my uncle, Lance Sergeant John James Horgan, who was killed whilst serving in Tunisia in 1943 during World War II. As you can see from the picture in the printed programme, he did it. Congratulations. What an amazing effort, Vardre. Everyone at Arsenal is really proud of your huge efforts. A true gunner. Podium Collection 
Look out for the Islington Veterans Association, who will be collecting for the Poppy Appeal on the podium before the game, and who are also our guests in the director's box. A special mention to David, who runs the Veterans Association and will be collecting for his 50th year today. What a magnificent achievement. Thanks for all your efforts. Paying our local respects. As is tradition, an Arsenal club representative will place a wreath at the War Memorial on Islington Green tomorrow, showing our respects for all those in the borough we have called home for 110 years who gave their lives during conflict. Arsenal Football Club and the World Wars Many players, coaches and administrators connected with Arsenal Football Club were killed in action or died while on military service during both World War I and World War II. We remember them here. World War I John Thomas Pat Flanagan, inside forward who scored 28 goals in 121 competitive games for Woolwich Arsenal from 1911 to 1915. Sent to German East Africa, Tanzania, with the Army Service Corps in August 1917, he died of dysentery aged 30 while on active service. Robert Houston, an Arsenal reserve between 1913 and 1915, playing as a halfback, he enlisted on December 18, 1914 and was killed in action aged 22 on 13 November 1916 on the front line near the end of the Battle of the Somme. Spencer Thomas Bassett, playing once for the Woolwich Arsenal first team in a top-flight game at Notts County in 1909, the halfback also appeared in more than 100 matches for the reserves, joined the Royal Garrison Artillery in December 1915 and was killed in action at the Battle of Arras on April 11, 1917, aged 31. Albert Burt Beanie Signed by Arsenal in February 1909, he made 17 first-team appearances, scoring six goals, joined up on the early part of the war into the second home county's Royal Engineers, before being killed in action on April 20th, 1915, dying from his wounds at the age of 32. Joseph Joe Dines played for Arsenal Reserves in 1910 and served with a number of units before gaining a commission to the 13th Battalion, King's Liverpool Regiment, killed in action close to the end of the combat on September 27, 1918, at the age of 32. James Morton Maxwell played twice for Woolwich Arsenal in the First Division during the 1908-09 season. Enlisted early in the war, being sent to France in August 1915 and was killed in action in Mesopotamia on April 21, 1917, at the age of 29. Charles Edward Randall, Woolwich Arsenal's joint leading scorer in the 1912-13 season, he joined the Coldstream Guards before being sent to France in November 1915. While fighting during the Battle of the Somme, he was killed in action on September 27, 1916, at the age of 32. Lee Richmond Dick Roos MM Famous keeper who was at Woolwich Arsenal during the 1911-12 season, making 13 appearances for the Gunners. During the Battle of the Somme, just after winning the military medal for bravery with the Royal Fusiliers, 
he was seen running at full speed in no man's land while firing his gun in an attack on enemy lines. Lance Corporal Lee Roos was killed in action on October 7th, 1916, at the age of 38. World War II Henry Bennett Cook, on Arsenal's books during the war, joined up to the Royal Naval Volunteer Reserve as a fleet air arm pilot. On February 26, 1943, at HMS Landrail, a Royal Navy air station in Scotland, he died in a flying accident while training for ship landing at the Deck Landing School, aged 21. Robert Norman Victor Bobby Daniel The elder brother of the Arsenal star Ray Daniel, Bobby made one wartime first-team appearance for the Gunners. Joined the 156 Squadron Royal Air Force, his Lancaster bomber was lost without trace during a Pathfinder mission to Berlin on Christmas Eve 1943. He was 20 years old. William Benjamin Bill Dean, goalkeeper who made three appearances for the Gunners during the Second World War. Served on HMS Nyad as a stoker in the engine rooms. On March 11, 1942, the ship was sunk in the Mediterranean Sea, killing all hands, including 20-year-old Bill. Hugh Glass played for the reserves and the Arsenal A team. Joined the Merchant Navy and on November 26, 1942, his ship, the SS Ocean Crusader, was sunk off Newfoundland, killing all hands, including 21-year-old Hugh. Harold Sesseby Jacobi lived on Gillespie Road and worked for Arsenal FC from the mid-1920s, becoming assistant groundsman at Highbury, was a Japanese prisoner of war in Borneo from December 1941 onwards, died of malaria while still in captivity on March 26, 1945, in Renau, Borneo, aged 38. Leslie Martin Lack Signed by Arsenal in May 1939 as an amateur outside left, he joined the Royal Air Force for the war, flying Spitfires with 118 Squadron and died aged 21 after being hit by friendly fire, causing the plane to crash into the sea off Felixstowe on March 18, 1943. Jack Lambert Star striker who scored 109 goals in 161 competitive games. Arsenal's leading goalscorer for three seasons in a row, he was instrumental in the 1930 FA Cup final and 1930-31 league championship victories. Died aged 38 on December 7, 1940, in a car accident while carrying out civil defence duties as a Battersea Borough Council PT instructor. Albert Ernest Burt Maynard, goalkeeper who appeared twice for the Arsenal A-team, Joined the Royal Navy soon after war was declared and died aged 24 at sea when the submarine HMS Turbulent was lost in the Mediterranean on March 23, 1943. William Wilfred Billy Parr Signed as an outside right in April 1939, he joined 233 Squadron Royal Air Force flying as part of a Hudson crew at RAF St Evel, Cornwall was killed on March 8, 1942, when his Hudson aircraft crashed into a field in St Irvine, Cornwall, during a night mission, aged 26. Sidney James Sid Pugh, 
versatile left-wing half appeared in 11 reserve matches. After joining the Royal Air Force, he was killed aged 24 on April 15, 1944, when his Wellington, flying out of RAF Seyford, Staffordshire, crashed soon after takeoff. Herbert Herbie Roberts the fulcrum of the defensive system pioneered by Herbert Chapman, the centre-half won five championship medals and an FA Cup winner's medal in 1936. Appeared 335 times, scoring five times for the Gunners. He joined the Royal Fusiliers, attaining the rank of lieutenant, but died suddenly, aged 39, of erysipelas while in military service at North Middlesex Hospital on June 17, 1944. Cyril Ernest Twos played for the reserve 16 times and made A-team appearances. After being a prisoner of war in Tunisia, alongside fellow Arsenal teammate Ted Platt in 1943, on January 22, 1944, Fusilier 2s of the Royal Fusiliers were struck and killed instantly by a sniper's bullet, aged 23. Ernest William Ernie Tuckett Centre-half who played for the first team and reserves, he joined the Royal Air Force and whilst on active service, Corporal Tuckett died aged 31 at the Horn Hall Sanatorium, Stanhope, Durham, on 27th of May 1945. Albert Henry Bertie Walcock Reserve team goalkeeper who was commissioned as an honorary flying officer in the Royal Air Force five days after the war began. In Belgium, at the time of the Blitzkrieg, he boarded the SS Abukir at Ostend to return to England. However, it was torpedoed and sunk on May 28, 1940, in the North Sea. He died aged 25. 999 at the Emirates The next goal we score at Emirates Stadium will be our 1,000th at the venue. Gilberto scored our very first in the first game against Aston Villa back on August 19, 2006. Since then, we've scored our goals at a rate of 2.11 per game. This is our 474th match at the Emirates. Robin Van Persie is the top scorer at the stadium with 64 goals for us, while the leading scorer in the current squad for home games is Eddie Nketiah with 25. The 999 goals so far have been shared between 97 different players, not including own goals. Of the 103 different teams we've faced at the Emirates, Tottenham have been on the receiving end more frequently than any other visitors, 52 goals conceded, and 684 of the goals have come in the Premier League, compared to 128 in the Champions League, 66 in the League Cup, 61 in the Europa League and 60 in the FA Cup. Once we hit the landmark, take a look at arsenal.com where we will publish a full in-depth analysis of the 1,000 goals. RefWatch. This afternoon's referee is Michael Oliver from Northumberland, a very experienced official who has been on the Premier League list since 2010-11. Michael's most recent Arsenal appointment was the 1-0 home win over Manchester City last month. In all, he has refed 54 of our matches in which we have won 26, drawn 11 and lost 17. Welcome Arsenal America. Welcoming supporters clubs to Emirates Stadium on their special match day. 
A warm welcome to Arsenal America, who are our special guests this afternoon. The Supporters Club has been in existence since 2001 and now numbers an incredible 2,800 members across 87 branches. They even have branches in Hawaii and Guam. They list their objectives as to connect gooners across the US, provide a supportive atmosphere and get our members to the Emirates as often as we are able. We're all really here in service to the membership and to follow the Arsenal. Have a brilliant day. Today's mascots. Our home mascot this afternoon is Hussein, who is nine years old and from Harrow. Hussein lists his favourite players as our fearsome front three, Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Jesus and Gabriel Martinelli. The Burnley mascot this afternoon is 12-year-old Evie, who comes from Potter's Bar. We hope you both have a fantastic afternoon. NMR shirts for young role models. The No More Red initiative launched in January 2022 with Adidas to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference. And the latest recipients of our special No More Red shirts today are Dylan and Darius. Dylan was on last year's Community Coach Development Programme with Arsenal in the community. He arrived as a very shy individual and grew in confidence throughout the year, putting a lot of thought into every assignment and taking a child-centred approach in all of his work. He took on every opportunity offered to him, including supporting our Freedom From Torture group, our kick sessions and our Coaching for Life programme in Za'atari Refugee Camp a big step out of his comfort zone and one where he made a great impact with his innovative thinking and creative ideas. He has now gone on to a sessional role in the community, continuing his great work. On Saturday, December 9th, Arsenal fan Darius will embark on an ambitious ultramarathon traversing London's footballing landscape. His route will take him to Crystal Palace, West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal, Brentford, Fulham and Chelsea. This epic adventure will cover a remarkable 38.7 miles, equivalent to just under 1.5 marathons. Earlier this year, Darius was subjected to a violent attack. The incident resulted in a broken jaw, a brain bleed, a lengthy hospital stay and multiple surgeries over a three-month period. Thankfully, Darius has made a full recovery, regaining his strength and determination, thanks in no small part to the unwavering support of his family and friends. He is determined to turn this negative into a positive and is running to raise funds for the Ben Kinsella Trust to help them reduce knife crime and to keep young people safe. You can support Darius by donating on his Just Giving page, www.justgiving.com forward slash page forward slash really long run hash timeline updates Ticket news Home tickets Arsenal versus RC Long UEFA Champions League Wednesday, November 29th kickoff 8pm Tickets for this match are on sale to Silver, Canon, Red and JG members via the ticket exchange service until 5pm on Wednesday, November 29th. Arsenal vs Wolves, Premier League, Saturday, December 2nd, kick-off 3pm. 
Tickets for this match are on sale to Silver, Canon, Red and JG members via the ticket exchange service until 12pm on Saturday, December 2nd. Arsenal vs Crystal Palace, Premier League, Saturday, January 20th, kick-off 12.30pm. The ballots will open for this match on Friday, November 24th at 10am. Away tickets, Luton Town vs Arsenal. Premier League, Tuesday, December 5th, kick-off 8.15pm, Kenilworth Road. Tickets for this match sold out to Platinum Gold and Travel Club away members with 51-plus away points. Aston Villa vs Arsenal. Premier League, Saturday, December 9th, kick-off 5.30pm, Villa Park. Tickets are on sale to Platinum, Gold and Travel Club members with 20-plus away points from 10am on Monday, November the 13th. PSV vs Arsenal, UEFA Champions League, Tuesday, December 12th, kick-off 7.45pm, Philips Stadium. Tickets are on sale to Platinum, Gold and Travel Club members with 50-plus away points from 3pm on Monday, November the 13th. Notice board. Happy 14th birthday to Jesse Coventry Townsend from all your family and friends. Happy 80th birthday to Beda Hunter, love from Mary, John W, John H, Angela, Dexter and Jack. Frankie Ross McCarthy Reardon, born July 2023. Welcome to the world, our little baby gooner. Happy 26th birthday to Abia Khan, come on you gunners. Hello to Liam and Alex, sat in the clock end today. Enjoy the match, come on you gunners. Happy 65th birthday, Malcolm Clayton, lifelong Arsenal fan and the best dad. Lots of love, Vicky, Abby, Shah and Cam. Happy 10th birthday, Jack Hosier. Hope you have an amazing day and enjoy the game. Love from Mum, Dad and Grace. Happy 18th birthday, Jack Morris. Enjoy your first visit to the Emirates all the way from Scotland. A true gooner. Happy 30th birthday to Lucy Hedford. Love your loads, Mum and Laura. Happy birthday, Martin. We love you so much. Lots of love from Kelsey and the kids. Have a great 11th birthday, Sean Donnelly at the Emirates today. Lots of love from Mum, Dad and Georgia. Happy 16th birthday, Jack. Enjoy your day and another big Arsenal performance. Sing loudly. Love Dad, Mum and Millie. Keith Briggs. Happy 70th birthday, Dad. Have a great day and enjoy the game. Love from Charlie, Claire and Hayley. Shalom and a happy 28th birthday, Kieran Bashir. Hope this year is filled with many big man tings. Love, Andy, Ernie, Homie. To Bradley Heath, wishing you the happiest of birthdays. You are an absolute superstar. Keep shining brightly. Love always, Mum and Grandad. Happy 13th birthday, Finlay. With lots of love from Mum, Dad, Sister BB and Uncle Jungle. Happy 40th birthday, Daddy. Lots of love, Mummy, Jackson and Taylor. Happy 4th birthday, Grayson. Steve Nickel, happy 45th birthday tomorrow. Enjoy the game. Love mum, dad and all the family. Wishing Freddie Fraser a very happy 18th birthday. Enjoy your experience today in the executive box. Love all the family. Come on, you gunners. Happy 70th birthday to John Deasy, a lifelong Arsenal fan from Mick, Claire, Ellen and Laura. Arsenal remembers. Michael Horgan. In October, eight-year-old Michael passed away after an 18-month battle with cancer. Michael and his dad, Connor, shared some of their best memories watching the Gunners. Danny Hayes, loved by many, never forgotten. 
Martin Good, in loving memory of the most wonderful dad, husband and dedicated Arsenal supporter. Once a gunner, always a gunner. 4th of the 10th, 1960 to 8th of the 10th, 2023. Terry McInerney. Everyone at Arsenal Football Club was saddened to hear of the death of Terry, a lifelong Arsenal supporter. Our thoughts are with his daughter Sinead, brother Bob and all who knew him. Together, Kai Havertz. We speak to our first team players about what togetherness and team spirit means to them. Family has always been especially vital for Kai Havertz. Text, Nick Brumsack. Photography, Stuart McFarlane, David Price and Getty Images. Our number 29 grew up in Aachen, Germany's westernmost city, and from a young age he would hone his fledgling skills in the garden with his grandfather. My grandpa really got me into football, Havertz told Bundesliga.com before completing his transfer to us in the summer. He helped me take my first steps. Obviously my brother and father also did their bit to get me out there playing at an early age. Everyone was football crazy and we were just a football family. We loved football and everything revolved around it, so I grew up with it and that's how this passion developed. Kai was still only four when he joined local side Alemannia Mariedorf, where his grandfather was club chairman. He quickly progressed through the ranks, playing in teams with children two years older. It didn't take long for Kai's talent to catch the eye of local scouts, and, having impressed during a year with Alemannia Aachen, then playing in the second tier, our Germany international caught the eye of Bayer Leverkusen, who signed him in 2010. Kai established himself as one of Germany's foremost exciting youngsters during his decade-long stay at the Bayer Arena. There were challenges en route, including navigating a growth spurt during his teenage years, but Kai's ability shone through. He was still only 17 when then-head coach Roger Schmidt promoted him to join first-team training. I scored goals, Kai told ESPN in 2020. A lot of goals and I realised that these players are not that much better than I am. I can play with them. That helped me a lot. It was the first moment that I realised that I could do big things. Soon after, those big things started to materialise. Kai became Leverkusen's then youngest first-team debutant when making his Bundesliga bow in a 2-1 defeat at Werder Bremen in October 2016. That wasn't the only record Kai would break with Die Werk Self. On April 2nd, 2017, aged just 17 years, 9 months and 23 days, he became the club's youngest goalscorer when netting in a dramatic 3-3 draw against Wolfsburg. He capped that season by becoming the second youngest player in Bundesliga history to score twice in a game, with a brace in a 6-2 win at Hertha BSC. Kai ended his breakout campaign with 10 goal involvements in 24 matches. He continued to excel during his time at Leverkusen, becoming the youngest player to make 50 Bundesliga appearances, winning the Fritz Walter gold medal in 2018, a prestigious award handed to promising young players in Germany, 
and setting a record for the most goals scored in a top-flight season by a teenager, when hitting the net 17 times in 2018-19. Kai made his senior Germany debut during that campaign as a late substitute in a 2-1 win over Peru. His performances had attracted the attention of both the national team and plenty of clubs around Europe. In the summer of 2020, he swapped Leverkusen for London by joining Chelsea. He ended his first season in West London by scoring the goal that won the Champions League. I think the Champions League is a special tournament and I think every football player just loves to play there, Kai says. I was fortunate to win the trophy and for me it was the best feeling I've ever had. So to play there again with Arsenal is very exciting for me. Hopefully I can bring some good attributes into the team. Hopefully to win the trophy again, because I think it's the most special trophy to win. Kai featured regularly against us during his three years at Stamford Bridge. So, what were his first impressions of Arsenal? From outside, Arsenal always looked like a family, he says. That's the feeling I got when playing. And when I joined, that was exactly what it was like. And the staff are really nice too. And that makes life easier for a new player. From the first minute that I spoke to Mikel about joining Arsenal, I had this feeling that he respects all of us very much, so that was also a big part of me joining the club. I just felt the togetherness of the club from the players and especially within the fans and the whole club. At the training ground, it's like a big family, and this is a big factor to achieve great things. Kai, who was a teammate of Jorginho at Chelsea, has seen his integration into our first-team dressing room has been aided by no shortage of friendly faces. Before I joined, I spoke a lot with Declan Rice as well, who I know through Mason Mount, he says. For me, it was very easy to come into the team because there are so many young players. I've played against a lot of them already, so I know them from the pitch, and I've found it easy to make friends here. Hopefully it will continue like this. Kai's popularity with the squad was clearly illustrated by his teammates' reaction to his first goal for us in the 4-0 win at Bournemouth in September. Our number 29 coolly converted a second-half penalty in that success, to the delight of both his teammates and the travelling Arsenal supporters. It's very important to feel trust from the fans, Kai tells us. It's always tough when you come from Chelsea because they are big rivals so it can take weeks to get some trust from the fans. But goals and good games can help me get it, and I will always give 100% in the games and training sessions. I think they will recognise this as well, which is very important. I'm really happy to be here. Still only 24, Kai has been on some journey so far, with his loved ones at the centre of it. After completing his transfer to us, Kai brought his family over to the Arsenal Training Centre and Emirates Stadium for a tour of his new surroundings. They are the most important thing because they have supported me since I started playing football at four years old, Kai says with a smile. So first of all, my parents, my family, my siblings, my grandma. They have been there since day one. My fiancé is with me all the time and knows exactly how I feel. She knows how she can support me and it's also very important to have that. A lot of what I do, I do for them as well, because I know they sacrifice a lot of things for me. 
Extra quotes from Bundesliga.com and ESPN.co.uk. My fave shirt. Supporters tell us about an Arsenal shirt they hold in particular affection. Today's shirt collector is Tom Newman, 27, from Eastleigh in Hampshire. I was born three miles from Highbury and grew up in Loughton, where everyone was either Arsenal, Spurs or West Ham. My great-grandfathers on both sides of the family attended the games at Highbury as early as the 1930s and maybe even before, so I suppose that made me an Arsenal fan even before I was born. My favourite shirt is a 2003-4 away shirt. This is the shirt I was a mascot in for the opening game of the Invincible season in the Community Shield against Manchester United. It's not my favourite shirt in terms of looks or designs, but my own personal memories of the shirt from that day and the season that followed means it has to be my favourite. It's impossible to associate this shirt with just one player out of the whole legendary Invincible side, but Freddie Lundberg was always a favourite of mine growing up. The match that comes to mind when thinking about this shirt is the Community Shield match, as it meant a lot to me. Aside from that, the battle at Old Trafford a few months later was probably the most famous game in the shirt. I first started getting properly into football in 2002, so I was lucky to grow up watching this era. It reminds me of a carefree time in life, meeting up with my mates down the park for a kickabout in our Arsenal shirts, bar one of us who was a Spurs fan. The shirt I wore for the Community Shield was given to me by the club. It was about two sizes too big for me. I started collecting long-sleeve Arsenal shirts during lockdown and found one with a Champions League Henry printing on it on a classic shirts website. Last season, I found another long-sleeve one for sale randomly at the Dagenham and Redbridge Supporters Club shop for an absolute bargain price, so I just had to add it to the collection. I haven't been able to squeeze into my original one for about 15 years now. I don't really wear my long-sleeve ones as I always get nervous that I'll stain them or wreck them in the wash. So my go-to shirts, on the rare occasions I go to games these days, are usually a home shirt or blue away shirt from the 2000s. At least that way, if I manage to spill a bit of food or drink down myself in the pub before the game, it won't show up as bad as it would on the bright yellow. Did you know? The shirt had a mixed start to life as we lost a penalty shootout in the Community Shield against Man United after a 1-1 draw and sub, Francis Jeffers, was sent off after just 13 minutes on the pitch. The last appearance was the 1-0 win at Craven Cottage on May 9th, 2004, our penultimate appearance of the season. A goal just after nine minutes from Jose Antonio Reyes being enough for the win. Are you a shirt collector? If you share an interest in collecting Arsenal kit, there is an Arsenal shirt collectors group of over 3,500 members worldwide who buy, sell and swap Arsenal kit from all seasons. All welcome. You can find them on Twitter at shirt underscore Arsenal or Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 9862024261 Community Voice Arsenal Acts
Name, Gary Jackson. Age, 74. Project, Strength and Balance. Weekly Participants, 30. Sessions, Wednesdays and two sessions on Fridays. Available to over 55s in need of improving their strength and balance through low-level exercise. More info at www.arsenal.com slash community slash what hyphen we hyphen do slash health slash strength hyphen and hyphen balance or email our health and well-being manager Reese Ratcliffe rratcliffe at arsenal.co.uk I initially learned about the scheme through friends who are employed at Arsenal. I knew about Arsenal's extensive involvement in various community projects, as I have a strong personal connection with the club. I was a steward from 1993 to 2020, which allowed me to witness Arsenal's commitment to numerous commendable initiatives, both locally in London and internationally. Living alone and dealing with Parkinson's, made me feel isolated due to the balance issues I was encountering, and I was genuinely enthusiastic about getting involved in the project. Even though I can no longer work as a steward, I still consider myself a valued member of the Arsenal family. It wasn't daunting going to the stadium, as I had worked there since it opened in 2006, so I was familiar with the venue, and when I arrived, The entire staff were welcoming and supportive. The sessions were great, and I have forged valuable friendships within the group, particularly with individuals facing similar challenges, and the exercises have significantly improved my balance and the muscle tone in my legs. I feel like being part of the project has provided me with the physical training I require to maintain my well-being, and I have the ability to enhance my posture leading to improved coordination. My increased leg muscle tone has improved my physical abilities, and I'm optimistic about making further progress. The Arsenal staff have been exceptional, consistently offering their support to accommodate my needs. Everything about the sessions has been well-researched and executed to the highest standards. It doesn't surprise me, it's Arsenal. I'm overjoyed to be a part of Arsenal once again, a place where I hold numerous cherished memories. I would encourage anyone with the opportunity to participate in a project like this to seize it. It's a chance to build new friendships and gain a fresh perspective on life. Health and Wellbeing Manager Rhys Ratcliffe says that Gary has made huge progress and is a very positive participant in the sessions. Gary initially joined Arsenal in the community to participate in our Parkinson's walking football project. Right from the start, he exuded warmth and a friendly, talkative nature. As a lifelong Arsenal fan and a local resident, he seamlessly blended into our community. However, after a few sessions, both Gary and I recognised that he could derive greater physical benefits from our strength and balance sessions. These sessions specifically emphasise fall prevention and improving stability, making them a more suitable fit for him.
Since making the switch to these sessions, Gary's progress has been nothing short of remarkable. His attendance has been exemplary, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have him in our class. Not only does he consistently contribute to the positive atmosphere, but he also enriches our sessions with his vibrant personality and captivating stories each week. Because we are featuring Gary in the Remembrance Weekend programme, we also asked for his thoughts on this special commemoration. My father served in the REME, Royal Electrical Mechanical Engineers, during World War II, stationed in North Africa and Italy. It is crucial to remember those who served. Many families, like mine, lost loved ones in the two world wars and various other conflicts. Remembrance Day holds a solemn place in my heart as we remember the sacrifices made by our armed forces, allowing us to continue to live in a free and peaceful country. Foundation Voice, Arsenal Acts. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund a nurture room at Drayton Park School, inspired by our own sensory room at Emirates Stadium. Specialist staff members Carol Howe and Kim Fletcher tell us how it has helped. Carol, my current role is Behaviour and Play HLTA and to provide social, emotional and mental health support for pupils. We have a behaviour system where pupils earn marbles and win treats. We have been to the cinema, bowling, indoor crazy golf and the autumn term favourite ice skating on an outside rink. I work closely with class teachers to implement plans to support pupils with complex needs and trauma. I believe building a good relationship with pupils is vital, giving them time to talk and to truly listen to what they say and help to find solutions to difficult situations. Kim My current role is HLTA for Special Educational Needs Children. This role includes targeted interventions that cannot be carried out within the classroom setting, working with teachers and liaising with outside agencies to help children who need extra support. Carol The Nurture Room was a natural progression. Sometimes children need their own quiet and safe space. This might be to talk or to be listened to, or sometimes even to get angry in. It started as a small space, but the need for it grew and eventually we were able to dedicate an old classroom to it. It became the nurture room, now much loved by many children and an absolute necessity for a few. We have slowly been developing it to provide more sensory support to children when they feel they need to calm down. We brought a group of children to the Arsenal Sensory Room, which gave us so many ideas. We were never going to be able to afford what Arsenal have, but it was a start to look for sensory resources we could afford. Kim, our bubble-like tube with fish is a favourite with some of our pupils, who are mesmerised by the colour changes and movement of the fish and bubbles. Seeing the soft playhouse at Arsenal influenced us into buying a smaller version. This is great for relaxing and as an outlet to calm down. The hammock is very popular with all pupils. We bought a lot of multi-sensory items too. Musical instruments, different textured material shapes, 
floor tiles with different textures and some creative play resources like a small shop, pram, dolls, animals and much more. Carol The money from the Arsenal Foundation covered most of the costs for all our new resources. Without that support we wouldn't have had the money to buy these resources and enrich and support the needs of our children. The room is used throughout the day every day. It is timetabled for pupils with significant needs to use it and provides a learning break area for pupils who need this. They can play games. Uno is currently the favourite and use resources that they feel help them. For example, Play-Doh and Kinetic Sand. It's a safe place for pupils to calm down and is used to help pupils with conflict resolution. Lessons and learning are adapted to each individual as needed. Kim We've used this space to provide an adapted school day for a couple of pupils who had very complex needs. One pupil had been diagnosed quite late in their primary education with autism and ADHD. Their mental health and anxiety had really escalated and they were finding it too stressful to even come to school. We were able to provide a safe environment for them. They started slightly later than the rest of the school and we were able to support them in the nurture room using sensory activities, using maths and science in a more creative way, cooking and doing experiments. There had been points when we were unclear if the resources and adaption were working, and if we could get them to the end of the school year, but we did. The pupil had begun to slowly interact with peers again in the playgrounds, and their time at school slowly increased. They had made it to the end of the school year. Carol. Another was similar where being in class with peers was extremely difficult and being able to keep themselves regulated was very challenging. The school day was adapted again, with time in class but then time in the nurture room. I worked closely with this pupil. Most afternoons were science-based, where the pupil managed to do hands-on experiments. This really helped the pupil stay regulated. They also did some design and technology with our premises manager, making a birdhouse, picture frame and money box. I think it is so important that Arsenal through the Arsenal funding helps projects like ours. With money available for schools reduced, it would be impossible to be able to provide a resource like this. Football is not all bad. It unites so many people, young and old, from near and far. The great things like this need to be advertised more. For more information on the school, visit DraytonPark.org.uk. Sustainability. The next generation. The Lifelong Learner Programme is something that we've talked about before in these pages. The opportunity for the Boys Youth Academy players to develop and learn about life outside of football, giving them the skills and knowledge to become well-rounded individuals, regardless of if they become professional footballers. 
During half-term, Emirates Stadium once again held an afternoon with the under-12s, under-13s and under-14s from Hale End. The boys were treated to various activities at the stadium based around sustainability and what the club is doing to reduce its environmental impact. While one of the age groups visited the Arsenal Museum to learn about the history of the club, another was taken on a tour of the stadium and the third completed a workshop. En route to the museum, groups were able to stop and admire the new statue of Arsene Wenger and note the garden which has been built using recycled plastic and composted food waste. The stadium tour took in the usual highlights of the changing rooms and pitch side, but they were also treated to a behind-the-scenes look at some of the more operational areas, including the waste sorting area, where the matchday waste is hand-sorted by a team of our cleaners. The under-13s and under-14s age groups participated in workshops to learn about renewable energy and climate change respectively, which was expertly led by Football for Future. And across the afternoon, each team was able to participate in two of the three activities whilst at the Emirates Stadium. The Lifelong Learner Programme continues to provide a strong foundation for all our academy players by supporting the development of strong young gunners with respect, discipline and humility. Forest from afar. Looking good. We started planting the neem trees in the Arsenal Forest in November 2021, so most of them are well under two years old, but already they are becoming visible from the Boré Community Forest Centre, which sits on a high bluff overlooking the planting site. In photographs, the Arsenal Forest can be seen as a dark green expanse in the middle distance, now the size of almost 16 Emirates Stadium pitches. There are larger trees within the plot that are mature indigenous species that were retained during the planting to enhance biodiversity. The elevated location of the forest centre means that our monitoring team can keep a good eye on the site at all times. Every single one of these young neem trees has been purchased by Arsenal or the many supporters who have engaged in the project and bought trees for themselves or gifted them to friends and family. Be a part of the Arsenal Forest. For more on the project and to buy your own trees for just £1 each, scan the QR code on the sustainability page of the programme. Academy Young Gun, James Hilson. The Basics. Born Bedford, 14th of the 1st, 2001. Joined 1st of the 7th, 2019. Position, goalkeeper. Number 54. I grew up in Bedford and my football journey began when my dad introduced me to summer football programmes at the age of three or four. Ica Casillas was a significant source of inspiration for me while growing up with his incredible achievements both at the club and international level. He's undeniably one of the most accomplished players in the history of the sport. My dad, who used to play as a goalkeeper for his local team, decided to put me in goal, and I've only played as an outfield player twice in my career. 
Interestingly, one of those occasions was during last year's pre-season when we faced Boreham Wood and I had the chance to play as a striker. To be honest, I really enjoyed the experience. It was quite a rush. I joined my first football team at the age of seven, known as Bedford Park Rangers. When I turned 11, I started training at the MK Dons Centre of Excellence in addition to my time with Bedford Park Rangers. At 13, while I was playing for my district team, I got scouted by Chelsea and I had a trial there, but I never signed for them. Then, not too long after that, Luton Town were interested in me, but this was when they were out of the Football League, so I didn't officially sign for them. Then, while I was playing for the district team, we got to the final, which was played at Reading's first team stadium, and I performed really well without conceding a goal. One of the Reading scouts must have been impressed with me and offered me a trial. I got in, and they offered me a two-year deal to play in the under-15s and 16s, along with a pre-scholarship agreement for the following two years. So, for the next four years of my career, I was at Reading. Joining Reading was a turning point for me. I was thrilled to be part of a professional setup, training more intensively than ever before. My parents were so pleased to see my hard work paying off. One particularly memorable experience from my time there was our pre-season trip to Portugal, where we stayed in one large classroom with bunk beds for the 32 of us. It was full of banter, but I'm pretty sure we didn't do well in the tournament as we were up all night. During my last year at Reading, before joining Arsenal, I had the opportunity to train alongside players like Michael Ollies, who's a nice, down-to-earth, quality player, and we're seeing him do wonders at Crystal Palace now. I also developed a strong friendship with goalkeeper Jokul Anderson, and I still talk a lot to the boys who are still there. The connection between Arsenal and Reading is strong, with several people making the transition between the two clubs, like Lee Heron, Lewis Gota and Sal Bibbo, all of whom were at Reading during my time there and eventually moved to Arsenal. Before I moved to Arsenal, I initially joined the club on loan due to injuries to both Tom Smith and Carl Hine. Given the close relationship between the two clubs, Arsenal offered me the opportunity to join on loan for a few months. As my scholarship at Reading was coming to an end and my future at the club was uncertain, I sought advice from my coaches who encouraged me to go for it. I took the opportunity and I've been with Arsenal for the past four years. When I first arrived at London Colney, I was amazed by the facilities. Everyone was welcoming and I met one of my best friends, Harry Clark, at London Colney, who has since gone on to excel at Ipswich Town. I integrated well and have loved every moment here. Being on the bench in the Europa League games was surreal. Back during my time at Reading, I had never even travelled with the first team. So, getting the chance to visit places like Slavia Prague and Lisbon with Arsenal was an unbelievable experience. One of the moments that stood out was when I had to do my pre-match initiation the night before one of the games. I chose to sing Ain't No Sunshine by Bill Withers and surprisingly, it went quite well. I even received a standing ovation from the team and everyone was genuinely happy for me. I'm just relieved it's over now. Training with the first team is intense and operates at a different level, which is fantastic because it constantly pushes you to perform at your best. 
As a goalkeeper, you can't afford to relax or coast because you will get found out. The camaraderie among goalkeepers is incredibly supportive, and we all want each other to succeed. Players like Aaron Ramsdale and David Raya have been generous with their advice. Aaron, for instance, has helped me with footwork and positioning, and David has shared valuable insights about core body shape and being ready for shots. Carl, on the other hand, sets a really high standard with his work ethic, both on and off the pitch. For the rest of the season, my main goal is to get as much game time as possible. I recently had the opportunity to play at Exeter for the under-21s in the EFL Trophy, and it was a fantastic experience. In terms of pre-game rituals, I don't have anything specific. I just listen to my pre-game music, focus on a good warm-up, and aim to have a great game. Around the academy, we were outstanding. Mehmet Ali's young gunners were in fine form in our 6-3 win against Brighton and Hove Albion under-21s in the Premier League 2 on Sunday, October the 29th. Kyan Edwards and Amario Cozier Dubery both netted twice, while Bradley Ibrahim and Jack Henry Francis also scored, securing an impressive victory for us in the Premier League 2. In terms of scoring six goals, it was outstanding from our lads today, Mehmet said after the game. I felt our identity beat their identity. We know how they want to play. They're a dangerous side, and they've scored a lot of goals in their previous three or four games. We were comfortable without the ball, and then, when we won it, we were deadly. We got into the final third well and took our chances, which was brilliant. In the second half, I thought our control in the game was good. We made a few minor adjustments and our midfielders really took control of the game, which we liked. Having said that, we gave away some sloppy goals, which we want to look at and make sure we improve upon. But we know we're playing a good side today and to score six goals against them is really pleasing. It could have been even more comfortable for us though, and given that we were leading 4-0 shortly before half-time, there will be some frustration that we allowed Brighton to come back into the game and get the score to 5-3. There are definitely improvements, because a similar thing happened against Manchester United when we came out of the blocks firing, got our goals, and United were better than us in the second half. Mehmet added, Today, I didn't feel it as much, but it was still disappointing to be in a good position, but then not fully comfortable for 90 minutes. It's something we've got to work on. All Square in Six-Goal Thriller There was another high-scoring encounter for the under-21s last weekend, with Mehmet Ali's side earning a thrilling 3-3 draw with Manchester City in the Premier League 2. Jaden Heskey's first-half goal sent City into the break with a one-goal lead, before Mamadou Sissoho scored with a free kick early in the second half. Amario Cozier Dubry pulled one back for us from the penalty spot, and then netted his second, thanks to a great assist from Ruel Walters. 
Kyan Edwards then tucked the ball into the far corner to complete the turnaround and put us ahead. However, an impressive finish from City substitute Jacob Wright late on ensured the points were shared. It was a roller coaster, Mehmet said. I'm really proud of the boys. I thought both sides had depleted squads, and we weren't our usual 21 side, same as them. But I thought two young teams went toe to toe, and it could have gone either way. But I'm really proud of our boys. From 2 0 down, to bring it back to 2 2, and then go 3 2 up, you'd like us to then see the game out with five minutes to go. But credit to Man City, they're a very good side. They kept going and got an equaliser. But I thought some of our senior lads really stepped up this evening and a good shock to the system for some of our younger lads to see what the level's like at 21's football. A very high-level game from two good sides. Cozier Dubry was twice on the score sheet, and Mehmet is encouraged by our young forward's recent form. I'm very pleased with him, he said. Amario had a lot of joy and success last season, but the expectations change as you get older. He was the young one playing up, whereas now there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. He found that difficult in the early part of the season, but I feel like he's really grown and improved as the season's gone on, and we're beginning to see the form that he's capable of. His second goal wouldn't have happened without the awareness of Rural Walters to make a good interception high up the pitch, and it was when we were willing to show that bravery that we got our rewards. I just said to the lads that when we were on the front foot and brave and went for our opponents, that's when we got a lot of joy and success. We had other opportunities, and we know Man City love to look after the ball and do well with that, but when the times are right, and we press, and we won it, and were brave, we got rewards from that. I'd like us to have done that more often, but of course it's not easy against a good Man City side. Duo called up for England. Two of our first-year scholars have been named in Ryan Gary's England squad for the upcoming Under-17 World Cup. Forward Ethan Enwanery and midfielder Miles Lewis-Skelly are in the squad for the prestigious international competition, which kicked off yesterday in Indonesia. England commenced their campaign earlier today against New Caledonia, and also face Iran and Brazil in the group stage. England play Iran on Tuesday, November the 14th at midday UK time, and then take on Brazil on Friday, November the 17th, also at midday UK time. The final will be held on Saturday, December the 2nd, and will bring updates in future matchday programmes. England haven't competed at the Under-17 World Cup since 2017, when we emerged as champions, with a 5-2 win over Spain in the final. Emile Smith-Rowe was in the squad that year. Arsenal women. Chloe's cracker claims the prize. Chloe Lacasse's dramatic equaliser against Manchester United has been voted the Barclays Women's Super League Goal of the Month for October. 
With just seconds left on the clock and the Gunners a goal behind at Lee Sports Village, our Canadian winger received the ball 30 yards from the goal, skillfully evaded her marker and let fly. The shot soared into the top left corner, leaving England international goalkeeper Mary Earps with no chance in the United net. It was a fantastic way for Chloe, who joined us from Benfica in June, to get off the mark for the Gunners and earned a crucial point against a team who are likely to be challenging towards the top of the Women's Super League table, alongside Jonas Eideval's side. When asked about getting off the mark for the Gunners, the 30-year-old from Ontario said, As an attacker, you have tunnel vision in these moments, and all you see is that net. I spotted a little window of opportunity, struck the ball, and it felt good coming off my foot for sure. One of Chloe's rivals for the award was teammate Katie McCabe, whose super strike against Bristol City later that month was also nominated. Get tickets for the big one. Don't forget that we are back in action at Emirates Stadium next month for a huge London derby with reigning Women's Super League champions Chelsea on Sunday, December 10th with kick-off at 12.30pm. Tickets are on sale now and you can find out more at arsenal.com forward slash tickets. But do also remember that tickets for this game are included in the Arsenal Women's Season Ticket and the Home Advantage Pack. After the stunning attendance of 54,115 for our first Women's Super League match of the season against Liverpool, we're now aiming even higher, getting as close to Emirates Stadium's capacity as possible. We have sold more than 44,000 tickets already for the visit of Emma Hayes' team, so come and join us for one of the biggest games of the season. Katie reaches a milestone. Congratulations to Katie McCabe for making her 200th appearance in red and white against Manchester City last Sunday. Fan favourite Katie joined us from Irish side Shelbourne as far back as December 2015. After initially struggling with injury, she joined Glasgow City on loan for the second half of the 2017 season, winning the league title and really established herself on her return to the Gunners under the management of Joe Montemuro. She then helped us to the Continental Cup in 2018 and the 2018-19 Women's Super League title before lifting the Continental Cup against last season. She was named Arsenal's Player of the Season in both 2021 and 2022-23, and her rocket against Manchester City last season was both the Women's Super League and our own Goal of the Season. This season she has continued in a similar vein, with stunning strikes in the Women's Super League victories against Aston Villa and Bristol City. Of Katie's 200 appearances, 161 have come from the start, with the other 39 as a substitute. She has scored 34 goals and played in very nearly as many positions on the pitch. Congratulations, Katie, and here's to many, many more. The programme is bigger than ever. Last weekend's matchday programme for our game against Manchester City was a historic one for the matchday programme. 
That issue saw an increase in pages to 48, the biggest regular programme we have produced in the history of the club since we were formed back in 1987. And all subsequent issues this season will be the same size. The amount of content being generated around Arsenal Women Now by our media team is remarkable and we thought we should reflect this with a bigger programme for our supporters. Significantly, the programme is also in demand by our club partners, who are keen to have a presence in the publication. Certainly not something that was a consideration in the days of Arsenal ladies. And with the much greater print runs required for the games at Emirates, in front of tens of thousands of supporters, we can also ensure we keep the price low at just £3. So if you want to read exclusive features with Jonas and at least two first-team players every issue, as well as many other features, make sure you grab a programme at the next Arsenal women's match you attend. NLD Upgraded The Women's Super League's first North London derby will now take place at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, having originally been scheduled to take place at Leighton Orient's Brisbane Road. The game is due to kick off at 12pm on Saturday, December 16th and has been selected to be shown live on Sky Sports. The Women's Super League encounter will come just three days after our first North London derby of the season at Meadow Park in the Continental Cup at 7pm on December 13th. Tickets are available for that game now. Visitors, Burnley. Today's visitors, formed 1882. Stadium, Turf Moor, since 1883. Capacity, 21,944. Owners, ALK Capital LLC. Honours, League Champions 1920-21, Second tier champions, 1897-98. 1972-73 2015-16 2022-23 3rd-tier champions 1981-82 4th-tier champions 1991-92 FA Cup winners 1913-14 Community Shield winners 1960-1973 2022-23 Player of the Year Josh Cullen most appearances, Jerry Dawson, 569, 1907-1929. Most goals, George Beale, 188, 1923-1932. Famous fans, Alastair Campbell, journalist. Tony Livesey, radio presenter. Jimmy Anderson, cricketer. Sam Aston, actor. Jordan North, radio TV presenter. Vincent Company. Manager. Born. 10th of April 1986. Uckle, Belgium. Previously, Anderlecht. 2020-22. At 37, Vincent is the youngest manager currently operating in the Premier League. The former Belgium defender and captain of Manchester City, with whom he spent 11 seasons, winning 10 major domestic trophies, was fast-tracked into coaching as a player-manager with his first club, Anderlecht, in 2019 and was there for three seasons before being appointed by Burnley, where he enjoyed a super debut campaign as they won immediate promotion back to the Premier League, 
earning himself the Championship Manager of the Season award. Having bounced back to the Premier League in style at the first time of asking last season, winning the Championship with a grand total of 101 points, Burnley are finding the going extremely tough at the top. The Lancashire club have taken just four points from their 11 matches and sit 19th, ahead of Sheffield United only on goal difference. They'll need to be a considerable improvement in the coming weeks and months if they're to avoid another relegation scrap. The Clarets have been relegated three times previously from the Premier League, going straight back down on the first two occasions, in 2009-10 and 2014-15, but lasting six successive seasons in the top flight under former boss Sean Dyche, before they ceded their place in 2021-22. The subsequent appointment of ex-Manchester City captain Vincent Company proved an inspired move as they surged straight back up with a much-changed team last term, losing only three times in claiming the championship title. This season, the Clarets have already lost nine matches. Plus, they were recently eliminated from the Carabao Cup, losing 3-0 in the last 16 to Dyche's Everton side. Despite a battling display against Crystal Palace at Turf Moor, three days later they were beaten again, becoming the first top-flight team ever to lose their opening six home games. Their solitary win came in a rearranged fixture away at fellow newcomers Luton on October 3rd, 2-1. The only other point having previously been claimed in a one-all draw at Nottingham Forest. Burnley's two most recent away fixtures in the Premier League, however, brought back-to-back defeats as they went down 3-0 at Brentford and 2-1 at fellow strugglers Bournemouth. Results so far would suggest that the club are struggling to come to terms with the Premier League. But with over £80 million spent on players in the summer, there was no lack of investment. The Clarets will return from the international break with two successive home games against West Ham and Sheffield United before trips to Wolves and Brighton start the run-up to Christmas, by which time they'll hope to have resolved not only their struggles up front, just eight goals scored so far, but also their leaky defence, 27 goals conceded and no clean sheets. One. James Trafford, born Cockermouth, 10th of October 2002. Previously, Manchester City, Accrington, Lone, Bolton, Lone. A Manchester City Academy graduate, James never played for the club's first team, but after a loan spell at Bolton in League One, he became hot property in the summer thanks to his brilliant displays in goal for England at the European Under-21 Championships not least with his stoppage-time save that preserved England's 1-0 win in the final against Spain. He then joined Burnley for £15 million. 28. Armin al-Dakil Born, Baghdad, Iraq, 6th of March 2002 Previously, Standard Liège, Sint-Triden A native of Iraq, Armin was brought up in Belgium and is now a senior international for the latter with two caps. The 21-year-old signed in January from Belgian side Sint-Triden during their championship-winning campaign and has been taken under the wing of his compatriot manager, starting every Premier League game until he missed last weekend's defeat by Crystal Palace. 3. Charlie Taylor Born, York, 18th of September 1983 Previously, Leeds Bradford, Loan York, Loan Inverness, Loan Fleetwood, Loan. 
Yorkshireman and Charlie joined Burnley back in 2017 from Leeds and is set to make his 200th appearance for the club this afternoon. His first goal for the Clarets didn't come until match 198, the 2-1 defeat at Bournemouth a fortnight ago. Indeed, it was the left-back's first goal for any team in more than eight years. The former under-19 international has started Burnley's last eight Premier League games. 24. Josh Cullen Born, Westcliff-on-Sea, 7th of April 1996 Previously, West Ham Bradford, Lone Bolton, Lone Charlton, Lone Anderlecht Essex-born Josh plays international football for the Republic of Ireland and now has 30 caps. He joined Burnley on a three-year contract in 2022, following manager Vincent Company from Anderlecht, where he spent two seasons in the Belgian top flight and made 50 appearances last season. He missed last weekend's game through suspension, having started the first 10 Premier League games. 16. Sanderberg Born, Bowram, Norway 4th of February 1998 Previously, Asker, Valerenga, Genk, Sheffield United A Norway national teammate of Martin Odegaard, Sander joined Burnley this summer after three and a half years with Sheffield United, the last two in the Championship, the second of which resulted in promotion alongside the Clarets. A Belgian champion in 2018-19 with Genk, he's best known as a defensive midfielder, but scored 13 goals in his last two seasons for Sheffield United. 8. Josh Brownhill Born, Warrington, 19th of December 1995 Previously, Preston Barnsley, Lone Bristol City At Manchester United as a schoolboy, Josh made his debut in League One with Preston before making a name for himself over four seasons in the Championship with Bristol City. The 27-year-old joined Burnley in January 2020 and has nailed down a regular place in the Clarets midfield, remaining with the club after relegation and proving one of their top performers in last season's promotion-winning campaign. 30. Luca Colliosho Born Norwalk, Connecticut, USA 15th of September 2004 Previously, Espanyol a 19-year-old winger who was born and raised in the United States but plays international youth football for Italy. Luca's football education was spent mostly in Catalonia and he'd only played a handful of matches for Espanyol in La Liga before Burnley lured him to Turf Moor this summer on a four-year contract. Skillful and fast, he's appeared in all 11 of the Clarets Premier League games this season but is yet to score. 25. Zeki Amdouni Born, Geneva, Switzerland, 4th of December, 2000. Previously, Etoile Carouge, Stade Lausanne, Lausanne Sport, Basel, Loan. Arguably Burnley's most eye-catching signing of the summer, 22-year-old striker Zeki enjoyed an impressive 2022-23 season for club and country, scoring 22 goals for Basel, including a joint top tally of seven in the Europa Conference League and five in Switzerland's first four Euro 2024 qualifiers. His only two Burnley goals have both come at Nottingham Forest, in a 1-0 Carabao Cup win and a one-all Premier League draw. 2023-2024 Stat Pack Match Facts and Total Cards Arsenal Having won 10 of their first 11 Premier League games against Burnley, drawn one, 
Arsenal have won just one of their last five against the Clarets. Drawn three, lost one. Yellow cards, 16. Red cards, one. Burnley are unbeaten in their last two away games against Arsenal. 1-1, drawn one. Having lost nine consecutive visits in all competitions between 1975 and 2019. Yellow cards, 22. Red cards, 3. Goals. Arsenal, 23. Burnley, 8. Expected goals. Arsenal, 19.5. Burnley, 9.7. Goals conceded. Arsenal, 9. Burnley, 27. Expected goals against. Arsenal, 9.1. Burnley, 20.8. Clean sheets. Arsenal, 5. Burnley, 0. Shots. Arsenal, 158. Burnley, 114. Average possession. Arsenal, 60.7. Burnley, 50.8. Shot conversion rate. Arsenal, 14.6%. Burnley, 7%. Points gained after trailing. Arsenal, 5. Burnley, 0. Points dropped after leading. Arsenal, 4. Burnley, 11. Goal times. Arsenal, 0 to 15 minutes. Scored, 0. Conceded, 2. 16 to 30 minutes. Scored, 5. Conceded, 1. 31 to 45 minutes. Scored, 2. Conceded, 1. 46 to 60 minutes. Scored, 5. Conceded, 2. 61 to 75 minutes. Scored, 3. Conceded, 1. 76 to 90 minutes. Scored, 8. Conceded, 2. Burnley. 0 to 15 minutes. Scored 3. Conceded 3. 16 to 30 minutes. Scored 0. Conceded 5. 31 to 45 minutes. Scored 2. Conceded 4. 46 to 60 minutes. Scored 1. Conceded 2. 61 to 75 minutes. Scored 0. Conceded 8. 76 to 90 minutes. Scored 2, conceded 5. Scouting report. Tactics. Vincent Company has tinkered with Burnley's shape in recent weeks as he continues his search for a winning formula. The return of Josh Cullen from suspension should see them revert to a 4-3-3 for today's clash, but with no set formation in place, the visitors could line up in a 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2. Within that framework, you'll regularly see fullbacks Charlie Taylor and Vitinho invert into central midfield during the build-up phase to help them progress through the thirds. The Clarets want to build from the back and are prepared to take risks to fashion overloads that allow them to break the lines with their passing. Style of play Many expected company to adapt the Clarets' possession-based style to cope with top-flight football but the Belgian has largely applied the same strategic approach which helped them accrue 101 points en route to promotion from the championship. On the ball, they're patient, ranking 10th for the most successful passes so far, and most of their forays forward head towards the flanks, where they rely on individual magic from their clutch of talented wingers. Being direct is not off the menu. They make 54.7 long passes per 90 minutes, with just four Premier League sides averaging more. 
These are often long diagonals from keeper James Trafford or members of the back four. Burnley will also press, with wide man Luca Colliosho their most effective player in this department. The Italian youngster has regained the ball 14 times inside the final third, a figure that can be bettered by just two top-flight players. Strengths The Claret's style of play is built around fluid rotational movement, and when they're on song, this can cause opponents a host of problems. Comfortable on the ball, they have technical performers all over the pitch who have the ability to carve out scoring opportunities. Weaknesses Burnley have conceded more goals from outside the box than any other Premier League side this term, letting in a total of eight from 18-plus yards. James Trafford will not be happy with his save ratio from those efforts, but the Clarets have also been guilty of dropping off too deep when put under pressure. This has impacted the way they close down rival players, who are lining up to shoot from range. The other issue which has plagued their campaign is the concession of multiple turnover goals. Their head coach wants his players to be happy receiving possession in congested areas, but too often they've lost the ball inside their own half and been punished for it. Keyman 19-year-old winger Kolyosho is one of the division's most exciting and skillful dribblers. Usually stationed down the left, although capable of playing wide right too, he can be mesmeric with the ball at his feet, going past defenders with ease. Just one Premier League player has completed more dribbles than the Clarets star, 28, who's produced 12 chances from progressive ball carries. His quick feet are impressive, but so too is his electric turn of pace. Kolyosho has only delivered a single assist in 2023-24, but his talent level suggests it's only a matter of time before he scores and makes goals on a regular basis. Match action. Premier League, Saturday 4th of the 11th, 2023, 5.30pm. St James's Park. Newcastle United 1, Arsenal 0. Key moments. 45 minutes. Martinelli sees his shot saved. 49. Rice's goal-bound header is blocked. 64. Gordon bundles home from close range and the goal is awarded after a VAR review. Match facts. This was the first time we had failed to score all season in our 17th game. Eddie Nketiah made his 100th Premier League appearance the 66th Arsenal player to the landmark. Ben White became the 237th player to play 100 Arsenal games in all competitions. Quotes, David Raya. I'm really frustrated. The way we played, the way we competed, it was brilliant from everybody. We did what the gaffer asked us to do, win duels and get the ball up the pitch and everything. But decisions have taken a goal. We are frustrated with the result in the end. Teams For Arsenal Manager Mikel Arteta Shirt Red with white sleeves Shorts White Socks White 1. Aaron Ramsdale Goalkeeper 2. William Saliba 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Magalhães 7. Bakayo Saka 8. 
Martin Odegaard. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Emile Smith Rowe. 11. Gabriel Martinelli. 12. Jurien Timber. 14. Eddie Nekataya. 15. Jacob Kiwior. 17. Cedric Soares. 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu. 19. Leandro Trossard. 20. Jorginho. 21. Fabio Vieira. 22. David Rea, goalkeeper. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed El Neni. 29. Kai Havertz. 31. Karl Hein, goalkeeper. 35. Alexander Zinchenko. 41. Declan Rice. 71. Charles Sago Jr. For Burnley. Manager. Vincent Company. Shirt. Yellow with black stripe. Shorts. Black. Socks. Yellow. 1. James Trafford. Goalkeeper. 2. Dara O'Shea. 3. Charlie Taylor. 4. Jack Cork. 5. Jordan Bayer. 6. C.J. Egan Riley. 7. Johan Berg Goodmanson. 8. Josh Brownhill. 9. J. Rodriguez. 10. Manuel Benson. 14. Connor Roberts. 15. Nathan Redmond. 16. Sander Berg. 17. Lyle Foster. 18. Hjalmar Ekdal. 19. Anas Zaruri. 20. Dennis Frankie, goalkeeper. 21. Aaron Ramsey. 22. Vitinho. 24. Josh Cullen. 25. Zeki Amdouni. 27. Darko Cherlinov. 28. Armin Al Dakil. 29. Lawrence Vigarou, goalkeeper. 30. Luca Colliosho. 31. Mike Tressor. 34. Jacob Brune Larson. 42. Han Noah Masengo. 44. Han Delcroix. 45. Michael Oberfemi. 47. Wilson Odebert. 48. Enoch Aguirre. 49. Arajane Muric, goalkeeper. Referee. Michael Oliver. Assistant referees. Stuart Burt. Dan Cook. Fourth official. Craig Pawson. VAR official. Michael Salisbury. Additional VAR official. Ian Hussin. Today's other fixtures. 3pm in less stated. Wolves versus Tottenham Hotspur. 12.30pm. Crystal Palace versus Everton. Manchester United versus Luton Town. Bournemouth versus Newcastle United. 5.30pm. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping younger people fulfil their potential through education and sport. For racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere. 
and we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it, and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League, Arsenal. Premier League, Premier League, Premier League. The greatest show on earth. Greatest show on earth. Sky Sports. Arsenal's new 23-24 home kit. Shop now or visit the Armoury. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.